0: Say hi to Steve Vines, Joe New S- New Horizons, Joe Sun, mate, Joe Sun. So is GBA like AOA GBA? <laughs> something, something <laughs> a like sort that. Occasioning actual so, <laughs> GBA, yes. <it's> something <laughs> like
1: that. It's something like that. I mean, you you remember how excited we got last week when when there were news came of the plan being unveiled. It's now been unveiled. I know. So I mean, excitement. There it is. Is is there is there a level beyond fever pitch? Possibly, It's... Um, I think we're there. Rapture. Rapture, yeah. <laughs> rapture may, may... I'm sure it's inadequate, but still, it's, it's close to what I'm feeling. Yeah. So, under the... We, we, we now discover, we now discover, that under this plan, Hong Kong is going to get more economic benefits, there'll be greater um, coordination, and, and, and here's the killer... The killer thing that you didn't—the thing nobody knew in advance—is that it's going to facilitate the Belt and Road. Today it will be bright. Tonight it will be dark. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, who knew? But I mean, there's many insights contained in this plan. I mean, one of them is—and this one uh, I I find absolutely, absolutely amazing—is that Hong Kong is going to focus on international finance, navigation, never done that before, and trade. Never. Who knew that Hong Kong could get involved in those those big activities? What I like actually in the plan it says <laughs> it says that Macau, God bless them, uh, they're, they're going to become a a trading platform for the Portuguese speaking countries. You can imagine the Brazilians who are just round the corner. I don't know which map they're using, but my A to Z has the Brazilians just round the corner. Yeah, going whoops Macau, we'll go there. <laughs>
0: Brazilian money (laughs) launderers.
1: So all the Portuguese, um, the Angolans, I'm I'm told, are, are, are queuing up like like nobody's business. Mozambique, cool. give me a a break. If they're they're not heading out to uh, Macau under the GBA, I don't know. I just don't know. Never been easier to smuggle rhino horn. (laughs) And I'm not joking. And and, and some sad people, and even I wasn't sad enough to do this, sat down with a little computery thing and they worked out that when this was announced, Mm. Hong Kong was mentioned 102 times. Did you get that figure? 102 (laughs) times. Macau who cares? Was mentioned ninety times. We can see that Macau's a sort of pimple. The fact that it was mentioned ninety times, I think it's actually quite impressive for Macau. But I mean jokes aside, and who would who would make a joke about something as serious as this? What is this GBA? GBA. Oi, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, son you're nicked. <laughs> for GBA. You got GBA. I know you've got GBA because I can see it. <laughs> um, but besides, you know, ribaldry, which of course we we, we don't like, even vaguely. It is, I think, um, absolutely clear now what this is all about. So, I mean, basically, it's only about one thing. It is indeed, and, and they say it. I mean, you don't need to sort... I don't need to imagine. It's about integration. It's about saying, don't wait for 2047 when, you know... Well, that ship has sailed. When, Let's be when, absolutely when, honest when about this. When one country, this. two systems comes to an end. We, we can bring that date forward. One we country. can bring that one system so you know now hong kong will be in in a area which geographically it's always been in the pearl river <laughs> yeah, delta it's not like it's moved the only thing that keeps changing is the name when it you you know we used to be told it was the belt and road area or the gba area or the, area, or the Bel- pearl river delta actually I tell what, it- at one time it was called southern china How's that for um, how's that for so geographic you know. imagination? The anyway, Greater Bay Road Delta <laughs> Doto Delta Ota. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a quota in the Delta and the
0: Ota. Come on, our listeners are brilliant. Come up with something. Morning Brew at RTHK. <laughs> H-K. the all-encompassing name for this area. A new one because not rude, you know. Either, GBA
1: please. is so yesterday. In fact, it, it was yesterday. Mm. But the the real thing I think is that that it's basically saying, you know, tear down tear down those barriers. <laughs> As as uh, President Reagan used to famously say about the Whirling Wall, tear down that wall. Well, this is it. This is it. It's yeah. saying, basically, to Hong Kong, um, you can have what you've got. Oh, gosh, thank you. We can r- maintain ourselves in international... Um, financial centre, we can maintain ourselves as a, a navigation centre, and we can do trade. Oh, well, gosh! How generous is that? That's that, a very good point, Steve. That can carry on. Um, and, by the way, all the grown-up stuff will be, you know, like high-tech and innovations, uh, will be done in Shenzhen, because they're good at it. Which, indeed, is, is the case. I mean, there's far more going on in Shenzhen on that front than there is in the Hong Kong SAR. But, according to this plan, and here's the Gosh, this is this is exciting, beyond belief. According to this plan, Hong Kong universities can contribute. Okay. Yep, they can. They can. I don't know whether... Um, nobody mentions Cyberport contributing, because there's, a slight, there's a slight problem with that, is it's just a property development. But anyway, but universities, which indeed Hong Kong universities do have... Cyberport's um, a hub, isn't it? A hub? Uh, well, it was a hub. It's a sort of... No, it's a grub. It's a grub. It's <laughs> a sort of pub. A property <laughs> urban... Book face. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that and, and my old friend the Science Park up near the Chinese University, which is uh, growing by the day, and, you know, it's still producing technological innovations at such a pa- pace that no one's ever heard of them. Um, a big sidebar, but a big issue here. This I ask you time and
0: time again, this whole notion of everything has to be corralled and put into a little box... Yeah aren't planners
1: ever going to say, actually, that doesn't work? Well, you know what's really interesting about this? And, and Carrie Lam, bless her, because I always like to quote Carrie Lam when, whenever I can, said the other day, you know, it's going to be a combination between... And it's interesting she makes this point. That it will be a combination of Wall Street and yeah, Silicon Valley. I was trying to- now, you just think, Carrie, I know you don't read history and you don't actually know what you're talking about, but think about Wall Street and silicon valley nobody planned those places they grew organically this is true and wall street it, was in fact a wall it, <laughs> it really was well you know it was it was it was a Funny street enough. in in new york where a few banks started up and then another couple of banks and a brokerage or two and etc silicon valley there was no nobody no sort of great you know great compass person from Washington saying, oh, in future Silicon Valley, oh, we're going to concentrate all the uh, technological developments there. No! Oh, bunch of kids it in was, their garages. It was, kids in, it was literally kids in their garages, and um, <coughs> people who there were some big companies there from from very early on. No kidding. But the, and, you know, it was something to do with the weather, something to do with the lower rents than, than were, were being charged in other parts of the United States. So I mean, the lesson that they don't learn from the thing they seek to compare this with is: there's nothing wrong with a bit of organic growth. There's nothing wrong with private initiative. There's nothing wrong with everything not being done by some idiot in government who, with a clipboard or maybe several, who's decided how things are going to work. And what would incidentally just 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 finish that little rant. And incidentally, (laughs) by the way, oh. Compare it with um, Wall Street and Silicon Valley. You mean compare it with a place where they have democracy, where they have rule of law, and have things like that. Which are, will that be a feature of the GBA? I don't know. I
0: wonder what sh- a shrink then. would. Yeah, I wonder what a shrink would say about a person that's constantly comparing themselves to something else by name. It is interesting, isn't it? it well, constantly it, comparing. I think it's called insecurity. It is, is rock- interesting. Hong Kong is a rock and roll place, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. People should be comparing themselves to Hong Kong, but I guess not anymore.
1: Well, you know, the, the problem that all these people who are China cheer- cheerleaders and cheerleaders for dictatorships have yeah. is they've failed ever to produce a dictatorship that is attractive to people What's- who have a choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to make the obvious point, but it is the obvious point. You don't see people queuing up to get into China from the United States, but you do see Chinese people queuing ah. up to walk in the other direction. You've just brought up a
0: brilliant point here. I read somewhere one, one of one of the uh, nobles here said something about this could very well lead to a Hong Kong brain drain. Logic tells me that that guy could be right. Well, and I don't. We're out of here. Say the, say the clever people.
1: Well, I mean, if there is no place for people with brains and initiative. They move. They're the most mobile people on the planet. Mm. If you've got if you've got special skills, you're in demand all over the place and, and you can get round immigration restrictions because people actually want you. But the the message that is being sent out here is Oh, no, 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 no. We want you to, to ship yourself across the border to Shenzhen because that's where it's all happening. Oh, and by the way, we'll provide medical services for you when you're there. I don't know what that was all about, but anyway, yeah. that was the latest in the litany of, of, of new cross-border wonderful things that are going to happen.
0: I think the simplest thing, just sticking at <coughs> that point, the simplest thing, just I'm not Mystic Meg, but the simplest thing seems to be the brightest and best at the age of 18, 19, 20, 21, they will clear off.
1: Well, I mean, I hope that isn't true. I mean, that that, that there are still many of the brightest and best here, so that's the good news. Now there are. The bad news is that you're increasingly saying to them, the only place where you have a future is in a little zone designated by us, the bureaucrats, who absolutely know more than you do about what you're doing, absolutely know more than you do about what is success, etc., etc., etc. I mean, that's more than depressing.
0: It really is. Just trying to think if there's some parable about giving away so much that you end up giving away everything. Or well, da, da, da. That, and Chris Patton, once again, remind him about giving it away inch by
1: inch, some quote yeah, that he said once. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, he, I think... I, I mean, this is, this is the point. People who say, oh, my God, you know, everybody said Hong Kong would collapse after 1997 and it didn't, as one of the people who never, ever said that, by the way... I've never believed it. I think what what the the really insidious way that the government behaves is is to incrementally cede autonomy, incrementally give up on the strengths of Hong Kong. And what's really interesting about this GBA thing is, is that Carrie Lam, even when pressed, could not put together a coherent sentence about what part... The Hong Kong administration actually played in the formulation of the plan. She just kept blustering. Oh, it's good for you. Oh, we mustn't. We mustn't miss the boat. Oh, mm. I like to miss the Mr. boats. And that's a good, that's oh. a good image. But it's. I think, it's, I think nowadays, uh, carry a lot of people travel by plane. It's jolly good. You okay. get in one, and they're quite fast. To conclude, yes. you,
0: you saying basically, I, I think you would have said uh, that. They're not going to say anything in this. It's going to be a bunch of PR waffle.
1: And is that in fact what you think well, it, was? it is? Mainly that. I mean, you, you know, there's nothing. Co- I mean, to, to, to affirm that Hong Kong is going to become an international finance centre, I'm not sure okay, that adds to the sum of human information. Re- they used
0: to go on about the Hong Kong advantage,
1: and that yes, was, that was.
0: There's a book called that. In fact, they're, isn't they're,
1: they? They more than one, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that goes. For yeah. You know, but I, I, I mean, I'll, I'm very excited by, by the uh, idea that uh, Macau going to become uh, a Portuguese hub. There's practically <laughs> nobody left in Macau who speaks Portuguese. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: uh. Richard Ashcroft on Radio 3. It's Thursday's Morning Brew, and it's 20
1: minutes to 11, still in with Steve Fines. We've got an uh, email here from Dave. He says, Am Where I Dave? going round the twist? Oh, dog, Or have I missed something? I thought you told us the Monetary Authority had invested and lost 95% of their investments. That's actually the drop in profits last year. And I think Disney, for the fifth year, has lost money, and here they are on the radio trying to talk up my MPF, which over ten years is pretty disgusting. And did I hear that HSBC isn't making so much profit on their profit? How much do they want? What's going on, Steve? What's going on? Go on, then. Well... (laughs) I'm glad, Dave, that you brought up one of my very favourite subjects, which is the world's only nationalised Disneyland. As you correctly say, they've just announced their results. Uh, actually, it's for the fourth straight year that they've they've lost money. Um, so their net loss last year was fifty-four million dollars. That compares with $345 million the year before. And they're going, oh, this is fantastic. Morgan. This is fantastic. We're only losing, you know, $54 million. But let me, let me just in case you've missed the, the main story here, due to the idiots who negotiated this particular contract with Disney, you know who you are, um, the good news for the boys in Burbank, which is where Disney is headquartered, they haven't lost a penny because the way they did the deal with the people who we will now call the suckers, the Hong Kong government is that whatever happens, they make money they put in less investment than the suckers and every year they take out money in form of royalties, in form of percentage of ticket take Mm -hmm. in form of management costs so they haven't lost anything the people who've lost money, yet again for the fourth year running are us, the taxpayer. But, hey, who cares? We're only taxpayers. Deal. Deal, exactly. But, I mean, I must say, it is extraordinary. If in if in doubt, here's a tip. Don't run a nationalised Disneyland anywhere on the planet. And, Dave? In fact, there isn't another one. Who cares one. what you think, Dave? Yeah, who cares what you think? <laughs> who are you? Who are you, <laughs> who are you <laughs> Dave? Go Thanks. On. Thanks for writing. Go on. Come on, well, then, there is one other point that he makes, which I also... Is, is another... Mo- well... Uh, actually, there's two other points you made, But talk about HSBC. Do you remember HSBC left Hong Kong because you know they they were going out to the world. They were going to make you know, they were going to make killings all over the place, and they they were to become which they have in that fact become by moving to Britain. They've become Britain's biggest bank. They've moved into London as their headquarters. Mm. <laughs> that proved to be a wise decision in in view of what's <laughs> going on in Britain at the moment. This is true, but but in their latest profit announcements which um which dave refers to it is true they are they didn't hit their profit targets but what's really interesting is they ain't making no money in britain where they're a very large bank practically all of their profits are generated in asia particularly in hong kong where they have this established position Mm -hmm. so you know well done, big boys at HSBC, my least favourite bank. I'm glad that your decision to go to London has been so enormously well vindicated by subsequent events. What will they do, and companies like them? Well, they're already... And what
0: would be the excuse for doing it?
1: Well, they're already saying, "Oh, uh, London, oh, I know we've got big <laughs> crum- premises out crummy in, weather. In, in Canary Walk and uh, we're, we're a very big bank and blah, 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 but uh, maybe we might need to move again. Well, yeah. Yeah, my heart bleeds for you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the other point he makes is is it is true that the government keeps harping on about how well the MPF is doing, and they give out these snake oil salesman figures about how returns on the MPF over the last ten years have averaged at, at I think they give out the figure of two point four percent or is it two point seven? I can't remember that is a snake oilsman figure because what they don't say is it's a gross figure they don't point out that it takes out the enormously high management fees that again the suckers i.e. the Hong Kong government negotiated with the fund providers they gave them monopoly of the funds and they said I tell you what we'll charge the highest possible fees we can. Now, they've actually had to, been shamed into reducing some of those fees, but they are still among the highest in the land. Mm. And, of course, you and me, suckers who have to pay into the NPF, we ain't got no choice. You, you can only select <coughs> from the small pool of fund managers that they provide. And, by the way, if they're harping on about how this 2-point-something percent return, which isn't even true is a great return. Uh what about the Hong Kong stock market? You've been earning at least over that 10-year period with with um interest uh, with with yields, you know, dividend payments. You 2. Point, what's it percent? Give me a break. We're talking at least double digits, at least double digits. So it's a crummy investment under a crummy scheme organized by people who couldn't negotiate their way out of a paper bag. But hey, I'm not trying to be critical here. No. But talking of critical, (laughs) (laughs) I actually think the government has finally got it. Well, they don't got a lot, but this business with the golf course, they have finally sort of got it that if you have an enormous public Mm furor over your land policy, isn't it better just for once, just for once in your life, to actually do something that suggests that your main priority as the government of the Hong Kong SAR is not to protect the rich. So they they have conceded a little chunk of the Fanling golf course will indeed now be handed over for housing, most of it for public housing. It won't be a life and death um, decision. It won't certainly solve the housing crisis. But it is an indication, they've finally got it, that every now and again you've got to share the pain And I'm sorry that I say this because, you know, I like to think of myself as one of the rich, with the rich. You know, you can't axiomatically have every policy that favours property developers, favours people with lots of money. So the the Hong Kong Golf Club, who are clucking around going, oh, it's a disaster, oh, Hong Kong is an international financial centre, going, oh, my God, oh, God. That's (laughs) where they do all the deals. Yes, so they say. I don't believe a word of it. But anyway, all of this Horlicks is Horlicks. What these g- people don't seem to realise is actually this is a very good deal for the family Golf Course because it survives and the rest of the golf course has virtually become untouchable as a result of this. So if I were them, I'd do something which they're not used to doing. Shut up. <laughs> One more, Steve. <laughs> One more, very, very quickly. Um, I, I noticed that they, they've now um, brought out these <coughs> new figures on immigration statistics and how many uh, people came in last year under the one-way permit scheme, which was 42,300, compared to 47,000 in 2017 and 57,400 in 2016. And Carrie Lam, again, in her bizarre way, she manages to make a good story a bad one. The good story, I don't think, is the backlash against immigration, I think that's very lamentable because these are working Joes like everybody else. The real story is the government's terrible short-sightedness in providing social services. So, of course, if more people come in, they create a pressure on those services. And it's convenient, if anything, for the government to try and put the blame for the overburdening of these services on immigrants. That's just, just not right. But what is interesting is that... And people don't seem to know this. The majority of people who who, who are coming into Hong Kong are not um, going on to some sort of dependency arrangement. Most of them are, are, are of working age and start contributing to the workforce where there are labour shortages and so on. The problem is Hong Kong doesn't have a policy for population. It's, it's staggering. We don't have a population policy, and the only immigration we can't see we can't have one because. <laughs>
0: stuff's decided
1: outside. Well, that stuff is decided outside, but, you know, there's whole areas of the workforce where there are very acute shortages. We know in medical staff, we know it's so in the construction industry, Mm. and it is the case in other industries as well. So, you know, if you had a proper planning for immigration, you might be able to do something about it, but this government has only two forms of planning. One is that which is dictated from Beijing, where they determine exactly who and when people come in under the uh, one way quota system, which is by far the bulk of immigration. But the only schemes they have, the other ones, are all these little ad hoc schemes. Oh, oh I think we'll let in a few doctors today. Oh, we'll have an ad hoc scheme for construction workers because we've got to get that bridge to nowhere finished. They're all ad hoc schemes. Why not have a policy? I mean, you people, you bureaucrats with your clipboards, you like to plan everything else you're about to plan something called the gba so if you can do that surely surely a little bit of population policy maybe